Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of Magic FM. I'm Gabby Sparks, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by Mashi Scanland all the way from, you're just at home, so <laughs> don't have to give an introduction. Not not this time, not not anymore. Um, it is wonderful to check in with you, Mash. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Hopefully, I can make it to the whole episode this week. That would be nice. Yeah, so. yeah, we, it, we we missed you last time, but it was actually cool to get Luis and Paul talking about their old stuff. I, people really oh, enjoyed that episode. Together. Yeah. yeah, the two of them together are magic. I, mean, I didn't mean it like a joke, but they, mm. they, are, they are literally <laughs> magic. So, uh, yeah. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Um, you know, living our day to day, just trying to get through this. Uh, we've been cooking at home a lot. I've told you I've been baking a ton. I've continued to bake a lot. So that's been pretty fun. How about you? Same old, same old. I mean, I hear that you have an extra Magic Hall of Famer at your place. We do, now. we do. Uh, Josh Utter Layton yeah. Raptor is quarantining with us. He's been quarantining with us for a week or so. So it's actually been awesome having him here because, I don't know, he's he's in here for the long haul until hopefully we get out of quarantine. So it's been nice having him oh. around. It's nice to cook for more people. And it's just nice having company too. Uh, for those taking note, though, there is a price of admission to the um, – the Sparts Scott Vargas household. Apparently, it's a case of wine. Yeah, so. <laughs> he brought a case of wine, which we're very excited about. That's actually our plan after we're done recording the podcast. So I'm looking forward oh, to that. Nice. Yeah. I had a few sips before, and I'm going to have a few more sips after. Yeah. So I'm, we're on the same plan in different places. Honestly, one of the best parts is just having more people to eat my baked goods because I, I feel bad when I bake too much of something and then all I do is just keep eating it. I'm, I was like made blueberry pie the other or blueberry crumble. It was so good. But I was like, I had it for dinner and then I woke up the next morning and I had it for breakfast. And like, I, you just can't keep <laughs> That's a dessert. It's not suitable for either dinner or breakfast. Well, no, sorry. I didn't have it for dinner. I had it for dessert one night, the, the day okay. after I made it. And then the next morning I had it for breakfast. That's not an okay breakfast. I'm, I'm aware. That's why it's nice to have more people here because then I don't have to have it for breakfast. <laughs> in, in general, I would say um, as, as someone who, who loves to cook, it's it's just a different ballgame when you have more people to share it with. Yeah, it, it like, makes I a would, huge difference. I, 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 have, I love cooking and yet just cooking for myself has no appeal whatsoever. I mean, it, it has, I shouldn't say no appeal, but to like explore new recipes and try new things and really, really kind of get into it it's so much less appealing when it's just you when you have totally. more people to cook for it's so much better we had a little um like kind of we we have a grill in the in our yard and we had we had almost like a little barbecue obviously it's just the you know it was like the three of us and naya but it felt for like a split second it felt like oh this is you know this is normal and then you remember we're still all quarantined so it went away yeah. real fast but it, it was nice to just like have the ability to make this like nice grilled meal and we all got to enjoy it and have a little sense of normalcy for a second because every day does feel like Groundhog Day like I, that's what that's what I feel the most is that every day just feels so so similar every day is the same I was on two different calls one this morning first thing in the morning where our uh, our graphic designer extraordinaire Jeffrey Palmer mm-hmm. was like all right, everyone. I'll see you tonight at three at the happy hour. We have a ha- we have a standing happy yeah, hour. Yeah, you guys have the CFP happy CFP, hour uh, at three p.m. on Fridays, and we we're like, yeah, dude, that's it's Thursday today. He's like, wait, what? Wait, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> and he like it wasn't like he was joking. He was just like, is and like you could see him like you know like thinking like wait, and we're like, yeah, it's it's definitely Thursday. And then later later that day, we had a call. Um, and we're talking about just working on some stuff. It's like, when are we going to send that email out? And someone's like, oh, we'll send it out on Friday. And someone else is like, that, that, 
I think that's to, that's tomorrow. I think that's tomorrow. You're like, <laughs> there's no oh way of God. knowing, really. It could be Monday <laughs> or it could be Friday. Who knows? Nobody knows. Yeah, Nobody knows. that that but is yeah, that is one in... of the biggest like side side effects. I think it's just feeling like every day is the same. Have you seen Happy Death Day? Yes, I loved it. It's just it's, you said Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is the reference for sure. That's that's what this all is. But I really enjoyed. I like Happy Death Day. It was good. It was yeah. it's no hashtag no spoilers, but it's a similar idea. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then the sequel is good too. If you haven't seen that, I, I, I want to see the sequel. I just uh, I think it's good. is it good? I, I enjoyed it. It's not as good as the first one. Sure. I mean, the first one like was really good though. One, if you, yeah, and if you like the first one, I think you like the second one. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I would recommend. I, I would and am recommending it. My hair. So my hair is slowly drying because I just got out of the shower, and it is seriously driving me nuts right now. <laughs> Time to get on that hat, Mashi. <laughs> I have a headband for the morning wash. I always have my. I in the mornings I have a headband on. And so yeah. Like, I, I have that headband, but I think it's quite suitable. It, it's a little too casual for the Magic you, FM. You crowd. can do what you can wear whatever you want. Magic FM, Masha, no one's gonna come play. Maybe next week. All the all the comments are like, "Oh my gosh, did you see Masha wearing the headband? Wow, so unprofessional." <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry, guys. So um, yeah, it's been good. Although I will say this, oh Gabby, I uh, one of the things that Elaine and I have researched. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna do it this weekend. Uh, it may not be uh, this weekend, but we've researched doing um, hot and juicy crab and shrimp at home oh wow it is yeah. it, it that must be difficult to make at home though right i don't think so huh i don't think so i mean you you boil a bunch of shellfish and then you just create you have a to make the sauce right it. yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. It, and it's just like a basic roux probably i think it's with... like old bay seasoning butter garlic because because you, when you do the whole shebang it's like all the flavors yeah lemon zest probably yeah. some the pepper, all in you know? yeah and uh i mean i thought it would be crazy but it's doesn't look too challenging. We have an I have a I have a Dutch oven, so we just you know kind of stick it in there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Thinking maybe we'll we'll Ooh, try that. Sometime. I don't think yeah. we're gonna be doing that. Raptor doesn't really eat seafood. He doesn't eat seafood. He doesn't like seafood at all, like at no. all. I am dead serious, like at all. Nothing. Nothing. Mm-mm. No mariscos at all. None. Zero. Shrimp. Like when we go eat dim sum and stuff like that, we always just make sure that we get him the pork ones or the chicken ones or whatever and make sure that we keep all the seafood ones away from him. Yeah, for reals. That's crazy. Poor rap. You guys got to broaden his horizon there. No, you know, it's the funny thing is like he he just doesn't like it. Like he would like to like the seafood, obviously, but Mm -hmm. he just doesn't. So I think for some people, I think it just tastes like the see floor to him like it just tastes gross so he just doesn't have it very much wow. it's a bummer like i think he would be very yeah. he would be happier eating seafood but what can you do well we should probably talk about our sponsor yeah. <laughs> speaking so, of <laughs> magic fm has a lot of food references yes in it. Uh, so <laughs> so get used to that we both love food and we eat a lot of food and our significant others love food, love food and like cooking a lot of food so <laughs> Yeah, so we we're, we're very we're very food food heavy, which is good. But how about you tell um, us about so, the sponsor of the podcast this week, Mashi? What what what's a cool offering from Channel Fireball this week? I am all about CFB Pro, and this isn't just me talking about CFB Pro. I I have started like really really reading it, and Luis wrote this amazing deck guide for red white cycling. Now, and I, and I know the cat's out of the bag. I have heard that you've been playing that deck a lot. I, Nonsense. I built it, yeah, I, I heard about that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, built it for, I, I like. I love that deck so much. In limited, I built it for a standard, and I really, I went back and looked, and I think that Luis was the first. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure someone will correct me, but I really think he was the first to market with that thing. Um, and it is. 
I believe the best deck in limited. Like I and and I've actually drafted this set. I've I can't remember last time I drafted this much. I've yeah, drafted that's over that's why I heard about it. I was like, hey, Mosh is playing limit. Like he's been drafting a lot. Yeah. He's been drafting the lit the the cycling deck. <laughs> no, stop. Have you been drafting a lot of Aquaria? Um. So I was. So so I usually like drafting way more than I like playing standard. I, I just always have like booster draft more. So mm -hmm. I drafted a Corey a ton when it first came out, and then uh, Vintage Cube was out for oh, a week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cubed for the week that it was out, and uh, I and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. But I had a a tournament that was uh, sponsored by CFB, and it was a standard tournament. So then I played a little bit of standard. So I actually haven't oh, played Ikoria in like a week and a half or something. But tomorrow I'm planning on getting back into it, and I I just draft the set to death whenever a new set is out draft i mean draft the cycling i mean the thing the, the reason i bring it up here in the context of cfb pro is i i'm not joking like i i legitimately think that that the first like kind of more in-depth article on it rather than people just tweeting out randomly about a cycling deck was luis's deck guide mm -hmm. and it is awesome like i now i've got to kind of memorize it. i've done it so much right because now you know what drafting. to do right and i had i had like so i have my laptop i'm on my laptop now and i'd have the arena up there and i'd literally like i'd have my phone and just like let me scroll up. Let me just scroll like up and see what guy. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do I do here? And it's been awesome. And now I feel bad because CFB Pro has these great. I'm all about limited right now. I am playing um, that Just Guy cycling deck just because I love the limited deck so much. There's a great deck guide by Martin mm -hmm. on there, Martin Jizza. And of course, because uh, because I work for CFB, I'm actually like I actually like have been messaging him about like. Oh my hey, gosh! Hey Martin, what about this, what what about about this build? <laughs> he's like, oh my god, this is annoying. You never should. I'm sure he's like, Mashi, read the deck guide that I wrote for you guys. <laughs> I did well. It's like one of those things. I hate. I hate to be that guy, but it's like I read. I read his deck guide, and I'm like, "Hey, man!" So I was looking at this. Like, you said, "Bernie had a lot of cyclers." Doesn't that change your deck? But like, it's like Martin Jones, a Hall of Fame player. Martin Jones hasn't thought about. Yeah, you're right. Oh, good point, Mashi. That is all cyclers. He's like, yeah, that's just. The way I can just does. imagine you being like, "Yeah, you know what? That was a good point. I did make a good point here." <laughs> yeah, I felt good about it. And then he's like, "Look, I played this to Mythic," and I'm like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been jamming. It's been a lot of fun, but there's a lot of stuff in there. And I, I feel bad because Ben S is doing these limited deck guides. Like there's one for Mutate. I think there's one for uh, Red Blue. Uh, yeah, Red Blue Spells, yeah. which is kind of similar to Cycling-ish. And um, it's just it's just been awesome for me because I, 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 I need a shortcut. Like I, I need a shortcut with limited um, because I don't, I don't play enough. And I'm not – it's not that I don't – like if I had infinite time, the resources aren't a problem. Like I would draft as much as I right. could. Right, you I you could just brute force your way into it. But that's where like having the experience of somebody who's drafted it a lot more than you, who's better mm -hmm. at you than Magic, or better than you at Magic, like yeah. they can give you those shortcuts. They can make those, they can establish those like parameters of like this is what you want in this deck. This is what you should be drafting towards, or these cards are not useful in the strategy. Um, I actually have been loving the constructed guides because as we mentioned, I don't play constructed that much. I don't play standard that much. Mm -hmm. So every time I have to play in a standard tournament, I'm always like, oh gosh, I have not played standard in a long time. I have no idea what people are playing. I obviously know all the cards, right? Because I stream magic every day, but that doesn't mean like when you're not practicing the format, you just like don't really know what the decks do necessarily, or you're just not, you don't know what the counterplay to certain decks is or like what are the good or bad matchups. So I've been using the the CFB Pro deck guides to prep for the tournament that we're going to talk about in a little bit. And uh, I was using Mengu's Jeskai Fires list to get me up to speed. And it really helped because it also comes with a sideboard guide. And I'm not That's saying that you should like totally rely on it, but 
when you are not practiced with a format, being able to like see somebody else's deck guide of somebody who's very good at magic helps so mm -hmm. much. Like it really, really helped me out. Mengu bailed I me out. Thank you, Mengu. If you're listening, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jizza too. Jizza, you know, not only and you you can't you can't slack him and, and message him the way I do. But one of the great things about Team CFB and everyone that's working on the deck guides, Ben S with the limited stuff, read the deck guide. You know, and then go put it into practice. And if you if you tweet at them, they will respond to you. Yeah, like, people are super responsive with this kind of stuff. Yeah. So they'll they'll and, and, and they'll like to know. Also, if you like the content that they're making, like I know one of the things that they've been really proud of because I'm in a group chat with Team CFB, is there's been a lot of people who have come out and said like, "Hey, I feel like the content you guys are putting out has been awesome. Like I feel like I have seen a visible improvement in all the content that you guys are putting out and i know they were very proud of it because they're like yeah you know what we have been working hard like we mm -hmm. have been trying to make this into a good mm -hmm. product and they have been feeling good that people are noticing that so if you do like the stuff that they're making let them know it's like one of the best yeah. things you can do for a content creator and i mean like i said like with the drafting and stuff it's pretty easy to get that screen cap and if you tweet at luis for red white cycling or, or ben s for mutate and say like hey this is what i did was this right or wrong i'll bet you you get an answer they're, they're really good about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's awesome. But yeah, check out CFB Pro uh, on channelfireball.com. It's $5 a month. Uh, or you could do $50 and you get a year. So you get two months for free. That's just cash. Or you can do the Pro Plus, which is $10 a month. And you get $10 in store credit back. Or you pay $100. You get the whole year with $100. And you get $10 a month store credit for the year. So you get 20, 120 back in store credit in $10 monthly increments and you get access to CFB pro. So check that out. There's just like, honestly, it's, it's, it's very, very, I mean, it's hard not to sound like a shill, but I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I think you can anymore. totally, this can be a product that CFB is offering and you can be really proud of it. Like those two things yeah. can exist in the same world. I think it's completely fine. Cause I, but, like I, mean, I said right now too, I was like, wow, this Mengu Jeskai virus list totally bailed me out in the tournament I was playing. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I know how to draft a deck that I think is the best deck in Aquaria Limited, and it's completely because Luis wrote this deck guide that I, I've read multiple times and then put into practice and put into practice, and I, I, I love the draft format and I feel good about it. Yeah, you know I mean? no, that's awesome. I, feel, I, I love to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much this is just a rant. This is just kind of a tangent, but do you think they're data mining the human picks at all for how the bots are going to run? For sure. They sure. must be right? because because they used to do that with Magic Online. So there's no reason they're not doing it from the arena ones. They have to. Oh, okay, okay. They, okay. That's that's how they that's how they made their original draft bots. Is they they would get information from Magic Online and see how people were doing the draft picks then. But they were always outdated because people would draft the format in the first week and not really know what the best commons and uncommons were. Like the format wasn't solved. So that's why also the bots drafted in weird ways because it's almost like they were frozen in time. They saw the first week or so of people drafting yeah, and then it wouldn't really update like they wizards usually updates the draft bots like twice while it's out um mm -hmm. and uh the second time they updated them was much later in the format so it's almost like the bots get frozen in time to draft the set as it first came out but people don't necessarily so they, they adjust and they keep changing yeah. right um, yeah yeah I was so curious. since we've been talking about the deck guides and stuff i'm just gonna move the viper the viper pit three to talk about that, that here and then we'll talk about the other stuff he wanted to anyway um so three fast five furious yeah so this First was Vi viper pit three fast five furious <laughs> are you gonna I ask what the name <laughs> from the get-go i was like this is unbelievable i saw that i saw the image i was like viper pit three fast five <laughs> furious 
unbelievable. What the heck does it mean? Like, just break that. You got to break that down for me. So, like, I'm sure everyone in the Viper Pit knows. Yeah. So, but. so basically, we've done. This is the third Viper Pit. That's why it's the Viper Pit three, right? Okay. So we've done Viper Pit one. It was just the regular uh, first time we did the tournament. It was a community tournament that we ran with people from my stream and people from my Discord, and it was five rounds of Swiss, 32 players. Um, cut to top eight, and the and then you played single limb in the top eight. So that was the first time we run it. It was a really fun tournament. So when we ran it the second time, and one of the things that is very very common occurrence in my stream is I just nickname things, and I give them ridiculous names, and I can't even believe that I used to do coverage at some point because I never know what the cards are actually called. They only have nicknames, I swear. And everything has just long and convoluted names. So the second uh, tournament, and this was a name picked by my mods, was the Viper B Viper Brood Two, Try Hard. Oh, so Viper Pit Two, Try Hard Boogaloo. And uh, the reason it was a Try Hard Boogaloo is because for the first tournament, half the people submitted joke decks, half the people submitted real decks, and we were like, oh, oh. we should have probably specified if this was supposed to be a competitive tournament or not. So in the end, a real deck won. Um, but we were like, yeah, next time so that we don't have feel bads, we should say that we're either trying hard or we're just submitting joke decks. So for the second tournament, the Try Hard Boogaloo, we specifically said you could bring Try Hard decks. You don't have to feel bad about them. And now, do, you know, do you know what that's a reference to, though? The Try Hard Boogaloo or yeah. the... Yes, the name. It's the electric... Uh, what's it called? No, no, no. The, it, it's, electric it's, Avenue. It, but there's a certain there's a movie that rhymes too in Boogaloo. Is it not? Which one? There's a movie called Breaking. It's all about break dancing. Okay. And then the sequel is Breaking Two: Electric Boogaloo. Oh, funny. So this is a reference to Electric Avenue, uh, the one like we're gonna rock down to down Electric Avenue. <laughs> That's what yeah. this is referencing. <laughs> got it. Got yeah, it. Got it. Yeah. So that was the second tournament. So this was the third tournament. And um, and the three fast five furious is just like jokes on on Twitch at this point. Like you know the two spooky for you, and it's spelled like number two spooky number four you. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. too fast too furious. Another joke that's kind of dumb is just three fast for it could be like three fast for me or three fast for you or three fast five furious. So this was just the third tournament in the series. Three fast five furious. Really stupid name. Um, can, you, can you start teasing uh, Viper Pit 4 yet? I think Viper Pit soon? 4 is going to be uh, the return of the snakes or the snakes strike back. Something like that. Ooh, I like it. I like it. But okay. Okay. I look forward to that But they're fun community tournaments. And, and the third one was actually done uh, um, alongside with CFB, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So basically what we did for this tournament is the Magic Fest online qualifiers, which are still ongoing right now. You can still sign up for them. They're going we like around the clock. Um, for you to play on the weekly championship, the one that you play on in the end. So what we basically had is people who joined from my stream signed up to the Magic Fest flight, plus anybody who wanted to sign up for the flight, and it was a discounted flight, so it was only $10. They're usually $25, except on Tuesdays when they're $10. And, uh, and uh, if you did join from my stream or my Discord, you also uh, filled out a form. So there were additional prizes. So one of the things that you could win, and these were sponsored by CFB, hashtag spun, uh, was a year of CFB Pro. And the rest of the top four would get a month of CFB Pro. And there were some Steam gift cards, $25 gift cards um, going to the winners too. So it was cool because everybody was in like the, the Discord room kind of like talking smack and people were comparing uh, how like people were doing in the tournament and people were preparing for it. And 
it was a really good time. So it would be, I, I don't know if CFP is going to end up doing this, but like the idea was also to see how we could, you know, how to get influencers involved in some of this stuff. So it would be really cool if we had other people be able to host their tournaments alongside the Magic Fest online qualifiers, because not only was it like, this was on top of everything. So if you went 5-1 or 6-0, you still qualified to play in the weekly mm -hmm. championship, plus all the bonus things that you got if you signed up for my stream. So it was a really fun tournament. And I don't know, I hope that other people get to do the same thing too, because I think everybody would like to involve their communities in something like this. It was a really good time. I think they will. So yeah. that's all I can we'll, say about we'll that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. um, how did you do? Um, so I went 4-2, and uh, so I didn't get there on, on qualifying, but... Uh, six wins away, though. Yeah, I'm six weeks. So I actually joined another qualifier today, but I did bad. I went 0-3 drop, so... Gabby. I know, I was bad. It was really bad. I was double queuing, to be fair. I was playing Slay the Spire and also playing the Magic Fest Online Qualifier. <laughs> so I was like toggling back and forth on the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really good time. It was a good stream. Congratulations to uh, to Mollybach. He won first place. So Molly won? I mean, come on. Yeah, Molly won. Molly's just also very good at Magic. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Did does he stream as well? He does. He does. It's twitch.tv slash Mollybuck. He has some yeah, of the best cube out. streams out for sure. If you, yeah. if you like cubing, he always drafts some really, really good ones. He's also just a fantastic magic player. The cool thing is he already had CFB Pro. He just bought the year in advance. So he mm -hmm. actually chose to give to gift his CFB Pro to someone else because that's oh. something that the winner could do. Yeah. So that's he gifted awesome. it to another mod who really wanted CFB Pro but hadn't bought it because, um, you know, like money was tight right now. Yeah, so yeah. so he ended up getting it and now he can just read all the articles he wanted to give it to somebody who would use it all the time so it yeah, actually went to a really good awesome. home yeah it was really cute i've, I've randomly dropped into a stream just because i recognize his name yeah from being a mod from your stream yeah, like, yeah. Wait, isn't, this, isn't this like a mod in gabby's streams that's cool i'm good yeah, congratulations, Molly. yeah congratulations molly that was really cool um then we have some other stuff to talk about for this week uh one but of those things yeah wait a second mm -hmm. you played fires I did. I played Jessica first. Dude, I had played no standard. I know that's like not usually my kind of deck. I usually play something off the beaten path, but I knew zero from the deck and I was like, Mengu, please deliver to me. And I used his deck guide for everything. Because I'm a standard player now. Not <laughs> I'm a standard player. I play standard now, Gabby. And let me tell you something. There are, there are two kinds of players that I'm seeing in standard right now. Mm -hmm. There are players who play fires and players who aren't part of the problem. That's where I stand. <laughs> you don't with it think right the Yorion decks are much worse? Because the Yorion Piles decks are awful. I, I hate I those. I haven't faced them yet. I was so I was jamming a bunch of Jeskai Cycling and Standard yeah. decks. I'm like, oh, I love this draft yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, like the same as the draft deck. Right. And I'm like, this deck's pretty great. And then I played Fires and got blown out. And then I played Fires again and got blown out again. Oh, it's because together. I think that matchup is really easy. The, the Fires deck, I think, has a tough matchup to the to the Bant, like, Pile Yorion decks. Because they, yeah, yeah. they're like, Elspeth who conquers death, your thing. Blink it. Elspeth who conquers death, your thing. Yeah. Play Yorion. Blink it. Elspeth who conquers death, your thing. Yeah, it's Teferi, just bring back Yorion. Blink them again. And you're just like, okay, this is stupid. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for me, it was like, I have no... My Aether Gust is my only answer to Fires in the board. I'm like, I guess I'll just... Yeah, that, that matchup sounds hard, turn. honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's so anyway, that was my take on fires. Yeah. All right. So. So um, then the next piece of news we have, not too exciting, Mosh. No, people were not happy about it, including me. Um, 
Uh, Wizards came out with an announcement about sunsetting Planeswalker points. So just to give a little bit of context for those who maybe are not familiar with Planeswalker points, when you play Paper Magic, so so everything that's not online, mm-hmm. you have to get a DCI number. The DCI number is like a nine or ten digit number that is linked to your play history. So whenever you play a match of Magic, it gets attached to your Planeswalker points account. So if Mashi and I play in a tournament, when we register, we had to give that number to the store. And forever, it's going to be marked that like Mashi one to one or I one to or whatever. And uh, it stays. It just stays forever. And and this feeds into a lot of things like people do that ELO project, for example. Um, People have used it to kind of like go back and take a look at um, matchups. Like, you know, like people have used this information for a wide month and we're kind of we're kind of past the day i I was looking at this i I don't there was a time when writing tournament reports was a huge thing yeah and i feel like that for for years that was a big thing and it was heavily relied upon for that you know players like if you want a pro tour you know you'd go back maybe you were taking notes maybe you weren't but you'd go back and 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 reconstruct the whole tournament for yourself that way yeah because you get to see your opponent's name what the record was like some of that stuff is in out here one out the other when you're playing a tournament but when you have a way to go back and reference it like it's pretty meaningful and you can use it for so many things so wizards announced that they are basically getting rid of all of it and and it was a huge bummer and people reacted pretty negatively understandably because not only are they sunsetting the planeswalker point system there's also no way for you to actually get all that information out like there's no way for you to figure out all your history so you could save it so as soon as this was announced people people kind of lost it like people were very upset and yeah there was a lot of backlash and it's the, the thing that I said on Twitter, which I still like, is how it feels like to me. It feels almost like deleting a diary because it just has all, yeah. you know, I have gone back to look at my Planeswalker Points account so many times to take a look at which events I played, what events they were. Like we've, I've had it come up with BK so many times when we've talked about it, where we're like, do you remember that tournament that we played? Did we played in that? What happened? And we've tried to figure out who won mm-hmm. or not. And we've gone back to look at it. And then we'll be like, ah, it was BK that got me or like, I got BK. And that's just going to disappear. And there's I not going to be it. any way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think of it. I mean, you mentioned a diary. Um, I had a similar feeling like it was almost like a yearbook. Year yeah. over year of, of what you did. There's all these memories and, and, and interactions, you know. And one of the things that's really used to be really, really fun is, you know, someone, some rando, let's say, uh, wins a pro tour in Berlin. And maybe you didn't know who that person <laughs> was before. You could go back in your matches and go, did I, wait, that name sounds familiar. Wait, he, is he from, did I ever play Luis Scott Vargas? And and you would do that. Yeah. You know? and, and people would go look. It's like, oh, I played Gabby. Oh, look, Gabby, you don't know this, but I played you at this time, like screen cap it, like crushed you, you know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of memories tied up in there. I, I have I have no inside information. I don't know why this is being done, but I have to believe it's because of privacy law. Things like GDPR, yeah. um, you know, because <clears throat> I think – I cannot remember a time when it didn't fully capture who your opponents were, regardless of their age. So if you played a minor, their name, yeah, their DCI it was number, all the information was in there. Yeah, it is in there, and I I don't know, but I mean, I I have to. Th- I know how. What I do know is how KG, I shouldn't say KG, how protective Wizards is, rightfully so, of the information with DCI numbers and and, right. and names, particularly of minors. 
um, just from from running GPs and stuff. And so I have to think that it's it's really based on that, which sucks because that's why you can't do things like download it because they're like, no, we just, you know, we got to take the information. Yeah, down. I mean, if you look at the, so I, I, as always, I will have all of the stuff linked in the show notes. But if you actually take a look at the page, there's a FAQ with um, a question that says, Will I be able to download... Oh, will my Planeswalker points history be saved? Uh, you will be able to access it af until May 27th. After that, it will no longer be available. Can I download yeah. my play history? No, comma. There is no download functionality for your play history. Done. Like, that's that's it, you know? And I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that's painless if, if the functionality is there and not... I mean, I don't know how hard it would to be bake the functionality, but... That's why I think like there's a reason that they've got to take this information. It's not about it's not about like they don't want to pay to keep it on the servers. I I, I just don't think that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I saw all. some people saying that, and I'm like, no, I don't. It can't be that. It, no. it, keeping it on the servers, it can't be that much. I did see some conspiracy theories, Mosh. I'm always up on them. <laughs> I know it was so funny because like we were a little bit light on topics. Like there, there, there was there was an there was an arena announcement. There was this, and I was like in my head, I'm like. God, can we do a Can we do the conspiracy theories? This I time? want to do it. So it's still it's still in my brain. I, I can't wait to do it. There's there's a, there was a tiny conspiracy theory that I heard. If you go back into your planeswalker points history, in theory, when you go into any match, you should be able to see every single opponent you had because that should be true for everybody else. But some people, once they you know, nobody's like nobody was auditing their planeswalker points history until this announcement because this announcement made people feel like oh no this is going away i want access to it so some people went back to look in their planeswalker points history and they noticed there's a lot of information missing so some people were like huh i wonder why this information's missing that's really strange like when did this information disappear and is it is this wizard just trying to cover it up so i have no idea like it sounds like conspiracy theory to me, but I, I will say I did the same thing and a lot of my opponents also are missing, which is weird because technically there should be all the information in there. Mm, I, so I wonder if they were minors. I wonder Maybe. If, yeah, it could be something like that. I mean, I wonder if there was... I have no idea. If it's that widespread, it's hard to imagine a CCI fraud where you know someone is suspended and then they open another account. And so therefore there's a fake name or fake identity there and maybe they don't want that in there. I mean, I don't yeah. know. There's any number of reasons. I will say this, like... <clears throat> every business in Wizards is a business. There's no exception. Every business has reasons that they do things that sometimes they say, and sometimes they don't say, sometimes they can't say. Yeah. Conspiracies are very few and far between. <laughs> like some kind of Machiavellian scheme. And what is it? It's like, oh my gosh, you guys, some of the player history data has been compromised and is now missing. We have to take it all down. <laughs> The world can never know. It's like, that just makes no sense. Yes, obviously it doesn't. It, it is funny, though, because I did go back to see it, and I was like, huh, a lot of my matches are missing. I wonder what happened there. Like, clearly something happened, but who knows why. Uh, I did have a funny story about this, though. So, Luis, if you've ever played against him, he... You know how some people have, like, memory that's just... It's, like, so weird how detailed they remember everything about some stuff. So, yeah. Luis is... With regards to the tournaments he's played and the matches he's played, he remembers everything. Like, he remembers they drew this land and they played this land and because of this, I couldn't do this other thing. Like, where I think, oh, GPOKC, I have no idea what format it was. I don't know if I even played. Was it coverage or not? Who knows? No way of knowing. This is this is why Luis yeah. is a master. I mean... Do, yeah. No, this I is why he's a master. Yeah. 
And, and, and we, I think we mentioned this when he and Marshall went back and did coverage. Yes, um, and he remembered everything, like turn by turn. But I, what, what you've already said and what I just want to underscore here, this isn't about he remembered what cards he drew or any, he. I am not joking or exaggerating. He literally remembers what he was thinking at the time. Yeah. Why he made certain decisions. Why he was making the decisions and stuff. And I'm like, a lot of times you ask me why I made a magic decision. I'm like, I don't know. It seemed like it was man-efficient. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know why. My answer is like, huh, I don't know why. Was yeah, that, was that I don't wrong? know. It felt like the right thing at the time. So, yeah. so what Luis wanted to do is he said, he tweeted out and he was like, hey, if you and I have ever played in a, in a sanctioned match of magic, uh, tell me tell me where it was and I'll, see, and I'll let you know if I remember it. So a bunch of people were responding and they're like, oh, you, you know, we played here and I crushed you or you crushed me. And then some person was like, do you remember round nine of, I didn't remember which tournament. Do you remember round nine? And Luis is like, oh man, no, bummer. I actually don't. And he was surprised that he didn't remember it. He's like, oh, well, it's, he's like, that's okay. This is just the third time you've dumpstered me. And he copies a link to Luis's tournament report, which the first thing is tournament report. The DCI says he Luis won 2-0. And his tournament report just says, um, I won round nine easily. That's all it said. Was this a GP? It was like a GP or a PT or something. So that's, a, that's the last round or a GP. And that's all oh it said. God. I won the round easily. And then the and then the person who tweeted at Luis is like, yep, that's just the third time you've beaten me that way. <laughs> it um, was so unbelievable uh, that's so weird that Luis didn't remember no he was just like no he's like yeah well no he's like the match wasn't memorable i won easily <laughs> wow so i know that was the third time he's like what? well you dispatched me then and then in your tournament report and now this is the third time wow three strikes and you're out yeah man. it was three so funny wow so but the- yeah it's a ton of nostalgia and one of the things the article points out is having those four-digit DCI numbers and what's like it was kind of like a badge of honor having like oh yeah less digits in your DCI number. It's like I'm old school. That's that you know. So um, there's a lot of that, a lot of that nostalgia and a lot of that kind of bragging rights and stuff like that. Yeah, I I know like a lot of my friends here in Denver, their DCIs are really short because they joined so long ago. Whereas the one that I have is like I don't know. I think it's at seven. It's seven digits. Um. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's a standard number. Yeah, I, I think sometimes they inflate it by one. Yeah, but basically, like whatever. the people who have like the five-digit DCIs, it's like it's like a badge of honor, like it's bragging rights. Like, look at my cool DCI; it's very short. Yeah. Um. Now, what's you, basically going to replace these is like real quick, Gavin. Before we move hmm. off it, do you know what DCI? It does. A DCI just means DCI, but what it used to stand for. I. I hold on. I got quizzed on this one time. Um, it's uh, not apparent. No, I know it's not apparent because I remember I had no idea. And then somebody mm-hmm. told me, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I don't remember. Just tell us, Mosh. So there was an old magazine called The Duelist. Okay. And that's the genesis for all this. It was, it was, it was a, a magazine that had magic strategy. I think The Duelist might have had prices too. But the DCI used to stand for. Okay, it doesn't, uh, the actual DCI that we use now is just DCI. That's it. 
the Duelist Convocation International. That's so random. I remember yeah, exactly. I've been told this before and I was like, what? Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Like, you either know it or you don't. It's like you cannot you cannot Sherlock that thing together. You you either know it or you don't. So yeah. But okay, so the replacement for yeah. the DCI. So the replacement for the DCI is gonna be Wizards accounts. So if you don't have a Wizards account, now is a good time to sign up for one. Basically, what's going to happen is the wizard account is what the store, your local shop is going to use to sign you up to tournaments. And as far as I understand, you're not going to be able to access that match history anymore. Like it's not going to be linked to your account, which is once again, a bummer because it's cool to go back and take a look at who you played against and stuff. Um, But yeah, you're going to be doing that through your account and your wizard account is the same thing you're going to be using for arena. So like basically they're kind of consolidating everything together, which I understand wanting to do that because, yeah, people are playing magic in different ways now than when the DCI started. Right. Or like back when I started playing magic, like things have changed a lot. But it does feel like we're losing a pretty big part of magic history here. And I it like it kind of. I don't know. It feels really nostalgic to me. It makes me really sad that this is going away because it just also accentuates how much magic has changed from when I started playing, you know? Yeah, you know, it is it is interesting in the sense that the actual use of DCI numbers, there's no functional reason you, you couldn't have that. But, I mean, they could still generate numbers. You could still have a, a DCI number and everyone who current or, or a, a wizard's account number and for those of you who are current, everyone who currently has a DCI number, it's just grandfathered in. So there's a way that they could keep this artifact of what it was, mm-hmm. which maybe maybe would be good, maybe it would be bad. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sad to see it go, you know. But uh, part of it, like, to a certain degree, it's like the Wizards account, maybe they develop an app, maybe now all of a sudden that's your idea and that's just the way of the future for, yeah. for Wizards, right? Um, and so I, I don't... I don't want to feel too old when I say like they can't get rid of our DCI numbers if, if technology is going to somehow make it better for us, easier for us at live tournaments, be able to combine our records, even though we can't see them in right. online and physical tournaments. Like there's a lot of things this could open up. I know that doesn't none of those necessitate getting rid of DCI numbers. And they certainly don't require that you not have access to your match history. And I totally understand that. Um, and that's another thing that makes me think like this is a privacy thing. There's a reason right. that they don't want everyone having access to this information. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that as well. The other thing that's going away since Planeswalker points are going away are GP buys because of Planeswalker points. So one of the things that you could do before is if you got, I forget the threshold, it's like, it was like 1,200 and 2,400, something like that. Yeah. You would play at a, yeah, it's something like that. I don't remember exactly the numbers, but basically the way it would work is that whenever you played a match of magic, if you won, you would get three points. And if you lost, you would get no points. If you drew, I think you would get one point. And then depending on which events you played, they would have a multiplier. So playing in a PTQ gave you more points. Uh, than playing in an FNM and playing in a mm-hmm. Grand Prix gave you more points than playing in a PTQ. So at a Grand Prix, it was like the multiplier was like times 24 or times. No, was that high? I thought it was like eight. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's time. No, maybe it's times eight and it's three. So it was 24 per match win. I think yes, that would I think, make. I think, yeah, that, that makes sense. Eight. And the side events had a, the yeah, side and the event side events also had also multipliers. Had a, multiplier the, too. the PTQs yeah. also had a multiplier at the Grand Prix. So if you if you got enough points what you would be able to do is have buys for the next grand prix and you would show up and you basically get to do a sleep in special which means you don't have to show up for the players meeting and you would just be able to roll in a little bit later Mm -hmm. i think there's 
problems with buys. Like I think I think it made a lot of tournaments feel unfair to people. And and, and there's I think there are benefits to getting rid of buys, but this is kind of a byproduct of also getting rid of Planeswalker points is this was the system through which you earned those buys. And that means that buys are just not going to be around for people to get anymore. I don't know if there's going to be a different way of earning buys, but through Planeswalker points, it is not going to be available. Yeah, I mean, look, the TO side of me says good riddance. Buys were a huge headache. They yeah. made the days longer. They were tough to coordinate. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I knew... Like obviously, I know a lot of players who have three buys, and you you can't place Walker Point qualify for for yeah three uh, buys. Three you buys. had to be gold in the old yeah. system would get you so three buys. You had to be a very high level player, and yeah. a lot of them I spoke actually almost everyone I've spoken to. So I don't want to say every player at that level, but everyone I've spoken to about this was in favor of abolishing buys. I was so, shocked. Same, same, yeah. totally same. They just and, did, they want to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. and, and I I think they just make the tournament feel bad. In, yeah. in, for like a lot of players both for i think the people who have the buys and the people who don't have the buys because let me tell you there used to be a time where i was a just a paper magic player so i would go and i would go to grand prix a lot so i always had the two buys and guess what having two buys in a tournament makes it easy for you to do well so that you get more buys in the tournament and then it's when so i started cool. just playing online i would show up to the grand prix and i'd always be a plebe never have any buys i honestly haven't had a buy in years it's been like three <laughs> or four years mosh <laughs> no i believe you and i mean it, it lengthened. I think it, it, it lengthened the time of the tournament. There were all these issues, like the sleep-in special, creating a, a, the opportunity for people to deck build. But the big, one of the biggest things we dealt with, which was really, really tough on players, is no, 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 no. My planes walk. There was a cutoff date, so it's not like you showed up on oh, Saturday yeah. and you're like, "This is my planes. Here I am." It's, it would be like the Wednesday before or something, and it's like, "No, sorry, you didn't make it." And then they go in their head and they go, "Wait a minute. That, no, that's not true." Like. Sparks, comics, and cards. Did they, I, I played in a, an event oh at the store? They didn't, re, they didn't report they it. They didn't report it, it and blah blah blah. And yeah, it was that was and and I'm like, there, no exaggeration. Every event, not not every once in a while, every Grand Prix, every that Magic awful. Fest happened multiple times, and you're like you're, you're stuck like coordinating with Wizards does their best too. Like honestly, Scott Larrabee, shout out to Larrabee, Wizards. Like he would be like, okay, well let me. Let me contact, let me contact them and see what happened. Yeah. Did they run this event? Like, did you not report it? What's going on? And but it was it was a huge headache. Yeah, and people used to grind have. for those points. Like that's what that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's I remember playing Grand Prix being like, oh, I'm dead in the Grand Prix, but I'm gonna keep playing because I have the times eight multiplier and yeah. you just gotta take run advantage it. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Run it, run it yeah. for sure. And so, like, you know, the other side of this is for for WPN stores for stores where that is a, a very real carrot, as we're talking about. Um, what do they do? Like, we got to find yeah, something. That's, that's rough. I remember that. there's, I remember because this is back when I used to be really active at my local shop in Chicago, but towards the end of the season, when we knew that cutoff was happening, you would actually have to do a little bit of math. If you were close to the threshold of getting the second buy, you're like, okay, well, if I come to the Tuesday tournament and the Wednesday tournament and I do, and I go at least like 4X or whatever in the tournament, then I'll have enough. But then that meant that you ended up going to your shop a lot more than you would have naturally because yep. you want, and that supported those stores. Like that was a real thing. So yeah. that, that, that is not going to happen anymore. And that is going to leave some stores in a pinch. Cause I think a lot of those local communities might not have the same incentive to actually go play in person. Yeah. At mm -hmm. that point, we just buy packs and drive. Exactly. And just whatever. Let's get together at home. Why, why bother yeah. going to the store? And that's bad for local shops, which is a bummer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but really, more than anything, it's the nostalgia of, of your DCI match history. Um, 
and being able to look at all the people you played with your, you know, and if you, if you have access to that, if you have that information, go look at it, go look at the F and you were playing in. Remember, remember those people, because there's a whole, I played, I grind, I did all my grinding in F and M's in Santa Cruz. I am totally out of touch with those players. Now go back and just take a look, do yourself a favor, go back, take a look at that match history. Remember those nights, remember those players, remember that community that you came up with because that's going to be gone. That, that memory is not going to be gone, but that little trigger that's going to be evocative for you is is, is going to yeah. be go, go go take advantage of it. Yeah, while you can. I think that's that's worth it. Definitely worth. It. I I yeah. actually went back to look at my first like F and M's and it was I don't know I remembered all of them because I yes. I didn't remember some of the matches but then I saw who I played against I'm like oh my god I remember it I remember the deck too you know like yeah. it was it's it was, awesome it was it's, it's really it, it, that's why I think it's like a yearbook like you will look at these things you're like oh my gosh I haven't thought about so and so in so long I I I, I haven't thought. And, Oh my god! I built. I had that homebrew janky like rogue white weenie deck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh you can god, actually remember all of that it. by seeing it. Yeah. So do it if if you have access to it. I I implore anyone, everyone listening, anyone watching, like seriously, do yourself a favor and while you have the chance, go do that. That's awesome. Well, moving on to more exciting news. Um, yes. Yeah. This is this is, this is actually very. I'm very excited about like all the things here. Get hype. Yeah. yeah get hype. So today, uh, the Wizards team had a stream. Uh, that they did where they were doing uh, updates for uh, special events that are coming to arena slash other arena updates mm -hmm. and they did it all virtually obviously everybody did it from their home so i will link the the vod of the that announcement if you want to see it it's like an hour-long stream and they, they preview a bunch of stuff but among the things that they announced they announced historic anthology number three we've talked about the previous anthologies they're basically cards that are outside of mtg arena that they decided to add into the arena ecosystem in a bundle and you know we've talked about like Hidetsugo's second right and stuff like yeah. that cards that aren't really you know they're they There's haven't been in standard some really random. random stuff yeah real random yeah like platinum angel uh like uh what are some other ones what else is in there uh goblin is got is it goblin guy goblin, goblin matron is in there goblin yes matron, so there's some really random stuff but now they're doing historic anthology three so some of the stuff that they previewed they only previewed two cards they're some of them are random, Mosh. The first one is Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. So Nulamog, as some people know it. Yeah. Uh, the one that has the, like, when you cast it, Exile 2 things trigger. Yeah. And when you, it attacks Exile 20. And then the other one, is, it's a real banger. Phyrexian <laughs> Obliterator. <laughs> Mono Black Devotion, we back. This is so random. It's it's so weird that they. I mean, it's so strange. Is is someone like playing these? I mean, I don't know I mean, how that, they picked the cards for this. I really have no idea. <laughs> definitely, I, I, Obliterator is random. I mean, Hidetsugu's second right is just like what? Yes, there's a lot you of know, really that, random that cards in the were, anthologies. Because like, you're thinking like, okay, someone's jamming historic, right? Someone's playing this, and Obliterator maybe makes sense. Like, obviously, Gary's in and. You know, you know, you can, you can. Yeah, try de devotion's a real devotion. deck, I guess. So, yeah. so I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I can kind of see that. I'm a big fan of uh, Phyrexian Negator. Uh, uh, you know, Obliterator's fine, so okay, yeah. I guess I'm happy. But yeah, it's just so, it's so random that, like, you know, yeah, random stuff like hit it to so the second right. And, those and, were the and, only uh, two that were previewed today. Uh, the yeah. rest of the previews are going to happen on May 8th. Uh, this is not actually the the announcement that I was excited about. The announcement that I was excited about was oh. oh yeah go, go, go. no go, go ahead go. you go you know I, I i my brain triggered and you're about to say it so you say it and i'll tell i'll i will say if you're getting it right 
Oh wow! Now, now, now I feel like I'm on the spot. Now I don't know. If I have the right thing to no, say. <laughs> it's the next thing. It's the next thing. I'm not even looking at the show notes, and I know that it's the next thing. Okay. You're about to say. It was that they're bringing uh, historic as a permanent. Okay, boom! I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. You got. It. I, yes. I thought you were going to skip to the next one. No, which no, is, no. I, I was, I was segueing into it, Mike. Yes, yeah, we got to save it. That's our dessert. That's our blueberry. The dessert crisp, is the best right? one. The, we're saving oh, the best news for last, just so you. Our know. dessert slash breakfast, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, blueberry crumble breakfast, delicious breakfast. Yeah, they're bringing uh, historic as a permanent, ra uh, permanent format on arena this which is, is awesome. a which is which is exciting because remember historic was kind of born because rotation had never happened on arena and you know players who play digitally have never had to deal with like the it is painful when rotation happens like and all the cards you were playing with in some ways it's like yeah good riddance i am so done with fires of invention get it out of here right and oh then my God, I'm there. yeah I'm and there. then the other part of it is also, oh my gosh, my entire magic collection is about to rotate and I don't have cards to play with anymore. What am I going to do? So rotation both has this like exciting part to it and also kind of a bummer part of it of your cards becoming in quote like useless, but they're not really useless because this is where historic kicked in. The idea yeah. was that you would play in this bigger standard and, um, and you could give your old cards like new life by doing that. And they announced historic didn't really take off they announced Pioneer and and P people love Pioneer. Like yeah. that took off. Just bam, people loved it. Tons of Grand Prix for it. It you know, they like were doing pro tours for it. You know, all this format. Yeah. The new news. And it yeah. still is. Like people love playing Pioneer still. So I think the fact that they're now turning historic into a more frequent format that's gonna have an ability for you to rank up in it, it's gonna give people a reason to care which actually might make it into a real format. So I'm really excited about that part because now now there's actually a reason to care about Historic. I think it's really cool that it kind of passed the threshold so that it's available all the time. This is this is like, I think it's a great move on the arena team's part because it's such low-hanging fruit. Like my interest in Historic went from literal zero. Literal, like I could just care less. I, what? What is that? Who cares? What? No. To now I'm like, oh gosh, Maybe I should get into historic. That historic pack is out. Maybe I should buy that. Like I, you know, I because of standard now, I I ended up having to um, with that Jeskai deck get a bunch of, of shock lands, and I was kind of like, eh, whatever. I'll just get them now. And now it's like, wait a minute, I have these shock lands. Like I am in, I am engaged in the format. I won't say I went from zero to hundred. It probably went from like zero to sixty. Now I'm curious. Yeah. You know, same. about about historic. Same same so, for me. I so I have played a little bit of historic, but it's like so rare and far in between. I've played mm -hmm. it only when the ranked queue was out because that was the only time. And it's not even that I, I don't know. It, it's not even that ranking up is even inherently like that of an exciting thing because you don't really get that much for getting to mythic. Like you get to play in that qualifier. If you do great, that's awesome. If not, whatever. But it does feel good to play for some amount of stakes. Like it's the same reason yeah. that playing in the Magic Fest online qualifier is fun because if you go 5-1, you get to play in this other thing. And if you brick, mm -hmm. whatever, it's fine. But it does feel good to play for stakes. And I think them adding Historic as a permanent format is going to make it feel like more of a real format, which you know what that's going to mean? People are going to start brewing for it. People are going to start making decks for it. It's going to start turning into like more of a real thing. And I like having more options in Arena. I think that's awesome. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. I, th I think it's amazing. And, and you're right. People do like stakes and we're gamers and you want to see progress. There's a reason we refer to it as a ladder, right? People want a ladder. They want to, they love, love getting mythic 
is is a sign of success. Like I am a mythic, not me, because I'm not, but <laughs> I am a you know mythic arena player. I'm like a solid silver level three. Right <laughs> so. You're like I'm copper, uh, maybe plastic too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how low does it get? My limit ranking is much better than my. Not even actually, not much better. I think I might be gold tier. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, that was part of the announcement. So along with Historic Anthology 3, Historic is now here to stay, which yep. I think is going to make it more of a real format. And, and that is all good in my book. Awesome. Um, yeah, same. Last, this is, we save the best, actual this best for so last. And you, you have to know it's good because Masha and I are like, just like, like, ah. we're just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, you can't actually find it. Like Wizards hasn't, as of the recording of this podcast, Wizards hasn't actually posted it anywhere on their social media, but they did talk about it in the stream. And so we went in there and we pulled out all the good information. And this is it. There's going to be Cube Draft coming to Arena. Yay! Mind blown. So I'm so excited. It's Holy awesome. moly. So yeah. basically what they said is they knew that we that you couldn't have people draft against bots for cube they knew it just was not going to work yep. which is good yep. because you and i talked about that a lot we were like yes. that's just it not was, how cube draft works you cannot happen. do that yep and so they correctly identified yeah we can't do that so let's let's do the next best thing let's do cube sealed and we've talked about cube sealed on the draft on this uh podcast plenty we said that it was awesome i personally had a mm -hmm. great time drafting it or sealing it sealed. playing sealed cracking playing cube sealed. sealed cracking cube sealed whatever Ooh. yeah yeah, making some sealed pools with it. And mm -hmm. uh, they already were working on getting Ikoria human drafts. So they knew that the next iteration of that was just to make cube arena drafts. Exactly. So that is that is uh, the plan. It's coming on June 16th. Or sorry, 12th. June 12th. June 12th. Yeah. Um, there, the, another really cool thing. It's going to come with a free entry for everyone. So in the same way that when Arena Human Drafts came out and they gave a draft token, which is sweet because that means that a lot of people who are playing like free to play on Arena are actually yeah. going to have the incentive to play it and try it for the first time, which means there's going to be this whole like new generation of cube players who are going to be cubing. So I'm Gabby, thrilled about it. That's how they get you. That is the how they get you. It's that first, first one. Free. Yeah. The first one's free. First one's on the yeah, house. You come back and they got you got to pay. But yeah, if this is going to be amazing. Like I am... I'm I'm over the moon on it. It's still it's gonna be still gonna be phantom cards, um, and you know, Gabby and I were talking about this. You know, be, if they had real cards, it would tank. It would it would tank the the economy. Um, so it's still gonna be phantom cards, but a small, I mean, minuscule price to pay to be able to actually draft um, cube yeah. on arena. It's yeah. gonna be. And the other thing I was like, I was talking about this with Raptor actually, because we were having dinner and while well, Luis was streaming, because he's, he's currently mm -hmm. streaming as we're recording this podcast. And uh, um, one of the things we were saying is some, like there's this new generation of magic players who are like less familiar with the old cards, less familiar with formats like Cube and who always look at arena drafts and or playing constructed and they look at the EV because you look at it and you're like, huh, this one has really bad EV. I don't get to keep any of the cards, so I'm just playing to play with the cards. And it almost seems like a foreign concept to people who are trying to like min-max how they make, how, how sure. to get the most value out of Arena. So the fact that they're going to give a free draft token also is going to give a complete free roll to anybody who wants to try it to kind of like get more of that sentiment, which I think is really ne needed in Cube, that you're playing just for the sake of playing. Like you're playing to play with the cards. Yeah. That's what you get out of the experience. You're not doing it to rare draft. You're not doing it to 
because it's the best TV. You're doing it because it's fun and it's supposed it's to be. Yeah, it's a blast. It really it's supposed is to be fun. A blast. It is so fun. And I mean, you know, Physical Cube, I really, back when Jeff Huang, um, who has a nickname that we can't use on. Oh my God. Well, good save, Mosh. Don't have yeah. to go into that. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff was the one who um, had the uh, original cube, uh, and it was called Jeff's Cube, but we didn't say Jeff. And um, <laughs> we did that a lot back in the uh, Superstars Game Center and the Channel Fireball Game Center. Online as well. I mean, it was just, I, I think it has the same function, practically speaking. Whether you're just jamming FNM, whether you're playing a long tournament, whether you're just hanging out at the store um, – playing some games of standard or whatever, we always get burnt. You know, you get, yeah. you get you're going to get burnt to the same standard format, even good ones, right? Even good ones. This isn't yeah, a knock even the best standard format. formats, you get right. tired of them. And, or in the best limited formats, you can do the same, but cube was always this nice little palate cleanser, oh, yeah. right? Take a little break cube for a bit. Um, and then all of a sudden it just started like, I remember I was like, wait a minute. I just, it's not a palate cleanser for me anymore. I just enjoy cubing more. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was like the main that transition. I've totally gone through yeah. that transition too. Yeah. So uh, I really, I, I like you. I'm super excited for new players to try yeah. cube. Um, you should try it. It's available on Moto, but Arena is more accessible and it's coming soon. You know, totally. If you are new to cube, I think I would recommend for you to listen to the limited resources episode about uh, how to cube better i think that was one of the things that most leveled me up i believe luis has also written a really good article to just like cube basics especially if you're new to it um and uh those will kind of get you up to speed on like the general ideas for what to expect in the sort of cube one of the things that they said in the in the during their stream, their stream announcement yeah. was that they're, they are planning on changing it from the last iteration of the cube. So this is one of the really cool things about the cube, about cubes in general, is that you, you can change just a couple of cards and the way it plays will actually play out quite different mm -hmm. because it enables different strategies depending on what you added in there. So one of the things they said is they're planning on adding cards that you would need to definitely draft around. And one of the examples that they gave was Benelish Marshall. So if you're not familiar with Benelish Marshall, it's a three mana, uh, three three that yeah. and it's white 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 is a converted mana cost so it's it's actually quite hard to cast like you have to basically play it in a white weenie deck and uh it gives all your other creatures plus one plus one so um the card is excellent but it, it would be really tough for you to play with that card in sealed right because like what are you doing playing a triple white card in your sealed deck sure. whereas in draft you can totally justify it because what if you're just drafting a white weenie deck? Benelish Marshall is going to be one of your best cards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it is going to enable new cards to be added to the cube. Cards that Wizards didn't think were actually something you could add in sealed because it would have been too awkward or clunky. But now that we're drafting, it's totally viable. And that means that the decks are also going to be more focused, which is closer to normal cube than a cube sealed would be. Yep. Mm -hmm. And do you think that we will see Phyrexian Obliterator in cube draft? I'm sh I'm sure that definitely definitely gonna, there's gonna, gonna there's gonna, gonna there, there's gray merchant and stuff like there has to be fractional yeah, yeah. blue there's Ulamog, no way you don't Ulamog makes the cut yeah, yeah. I think so right? there's gonna be some big mana decks I so mean there's much, not gonna be signets so but in, there's also in, like reanimator stuff like you can reanimate that thing and even that Ulamog cares about you casting it to get the trigger but that Ulamog kills super fast because you attack and mill them for 20 so you just go yeah. like and it's indestructible so you can't really interact with it very well yeah so you, you go attack once attack twice you're dead yeah, yeah it's it's all over by the way just because ramp came up and I'm in a standard state of mind 
growth spiral is just <laughs> not a fair card. Ma- Ma- it, Mashi's finally dealing with like the cards that I've I been mean, hating I, for like I, a really I, long I, time now. <laughs> right. And I'm like, watch this card. Like this card's ridiculous. Yeah. There's a sinking feeling. There is a sinking feeling when you're like, okay, go, you know, on turn two. And they're like, and a turn growth spiral. And you're just like, you're like, this is stupid. Why is this happening? <laughs> this, this card sucks. Yeah. You know? I am tired of the so, gross spirals of the world. I am totally done with them. Mana ramp is huge right now in standard. Yeah, and that's um, a big thing because Uro does it too. And yeah, there's just like... It's, it's, it's big stuff. But it's also huge in cube. Like cube has so many great strategies where you're doing mana ramp or if it's mana searching, you do that five color with the green base. You know, that's the beauty of cube is, is once you... Once you play a cube and every cube is different like you said they evolve they change people put different things in there i have right. a cube but it has not been updated since like mm, Conflux, gotta get on that i know but it, it unsurprisingly has a bunch of land destruction in it so yeah, shock um, shockingly <laughs> yeah shockingly shockingly but uh it's um they're, they're great experiences and it part of the fun is figuring it out you're like Ooh, it, yeah it, mm. so, some cards are good in some cubes and, and you're just like oh this is not playable you can't use it here so one of the cool things, Mosh, and, and unfortunately you weren't here for this part. This is after your we had connection issues with you last week. Yeah, but one yeah. of the questions that we had for Paul was to talk about like cube philosophy because, you know, he used to manage the cube. He no longer does it, but he was managing. Oh, he doesn't anymore. He doesn't anymore. We found out, that out on the podcast. I actually thought he still managed them, but we, talk, we talked to him about Inkai's and like why that's in the cube. And we talked to him about all the cubes and how like what his philosophy was because that was one of the questions um, uh, Nina asked for Paul. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that he talked about is just like, yeah, one of the cool things about cube is trying to figure out like, what is the best strategy in this cube? And it changes a lot, like depending on which cube you're playing. So one of the things he mentioned was in the modern cube, he didn't want the modern cube to feel just like a watered down version of the legacy cube. And I think he was very successful in that the modern cube is just a different strategy and there's different archetypes than the legacy cube has. And so that's what's also cool of the arena cube. The arena cube has all this kind of uncharted territory where we still don't know what's like the best stuff that you can be doing there. It could be planeswalkers. It could be trying to go super fast. It could be a really aggressive cube. Like we don't really know that yet. So that's also really exciting to find out as we keep drafting it. And as they keep adding cards to the cube, because I'm sure they're going to make it a format, then take it down, then add it again as a new set comes out and add new cards from the new set. So the current cube the arena cube is gonna have cards from ikoria so that's gonna be new since the last time we played cube so that's gonna change mm-hmm. the game right so it's, it, lots it, of exciting is, stuff coming to arena i am hyped yeah and it's a goldmine for influencers for streamers like you yeah. for podcasters like Luis and marshall get to talk about on lr every time there's a new cube and the strategy shifts it's just a goldmine because and it's like the best kind of content because it's the content that every content producer loves to make. Yeah, like, for sure. Oh, I guess I gotta You're like, a bunch of cubes. Wait, here. there's cube out? Okay, well I guess yeah. I have to I mean I had that happen last week because a Korea draft was out and honestly when a new set comes out, I love drafting the new set more than anything else. But then they put out vintage cube, which is literally my favorite format, and it was like, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I that's rough. What do I do? There's like two formats that I'm dying to play. And I ended up playing Vintage Cube. I put a poll out and people voted Vintage Cube and I'm like, okay, I guess I, my hands are tied. I just like, have to play I feel it. Like you voted for Vintage Cube too. Like, I, I, I quietly also, I'm, I put my vote in there for Vintage Cube. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Unsurprisingly. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. Uh, but yeah, so. that's that's going to be really exciting moving forward. And the, the, there's, there's cool stuff coming to Arena. I'm excited for it. It's going to be great. Uh, and I've been playing a lot and it's great. It's a great program. I've played a lot of Moto uh, in my time um, and it's just clunkier. Like arena is yeah. fun. I mean, it, I did get a little frustrated because I didn't have full control on. Yeah. 
And so I wanted because I, I wanted to cycle something during someone's upkeep, and that didn't happen. And I was like, the stops what? are the hardest thing yeah. to get used to between Moto yeah. and MTGA. So, but it's it's wonderful, and I cannot wait a month and a half, and we'll be drafting Cube. I'm sure we're going to talk about it plenty. Oh here yeah, on I, I will. <laughs> I will come back as soon as that Cube is out. I will have. I will come and report my findings. Yes, I, I and and I will be engaging as well. So. I'm almost playing. I, I I'm praying for that slow news week so we get into the arena conspiracy. <laughs> no, we, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll come. I cannot wait. So, well, until then, thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, I am so glad I made it through the whole episode this week. So thank <laughs> you to my internet. Um, oh, I am uh, at Mashi Scanlon across all social media platforms. She is at Gabby Sparks uh, on all social media platforms. Our, the podcast is at Magic FM Podcast on Twitter. And you can find us on YouTube as well as Channel Fireball. That We have a video here. Um, there's a lot of faces uh, I find that both of us are making <laughs> uh, at different times. Uh, so check us out. Check out, the, check out the video if you haven't seen it. Um, I promise you we're a lot of fun on video as we are on audio. Uh, so... so uh, <laughs> thanks for like i said thanks for sticking along uh this week and we'll be back next week until then be wonderful to yourself and be wonderful to each other thank you so much bye, -bye.